Hello out there in internet land. You are joining us for the inaugural, well actually inaugural part two <laughs> recording of Black Famous. Uh, so the first recording of this that was on Thursday uh, inadvertently got deleted. So we're doing it again. We're trying it again. Um, hopefully this will this will fare a little bit better. I may not be as funny. <laughs> I think you're gonna be right on up into it. Like I just I want to hear everything. Okay. I, I see like you have some notes, and I'm just so excited about, about it. About a page of notes. <laughs> so uh, okay, so it is sort of illuminating that you say that it was the backing track for it. So okay, let me back up. I love Love and Basketball, but I also don't remember this song. Like I remember Love of My Life. And I remember key moments and elements that I text you at certain points, um, like certain scenes in the movie, but I don't remember the song from that prom scene, but it makes so much sense because one of the first notes that I took down was, um, especially from just like the, the opening, Hey Lady, and then- Hey of, Lady. Right. I wasn't going to attempt that because I cannot sing. <laughs> and it would have been caterwauling. Let um, me tell you why. All right, I'm sorry. So, I'm, I'm, I'm having a moment to myself. I was having a moment entirely to myself. I'm sorry. So we get into this talk box, and all I could think of was like middle school, high, middle school dances, and Casey and JoJo, because that's what it sounds like. That it sounds like a precursor. Like Casey and JoJo's "All My Life." I think it's "All My Life." They get yes. into that like yes. quasi auto tune, quasi talk box business. That is, I was just like, yo, I know this, but I definitely don't know this. Oh, oh, actually, let me just pause you right there. Mm -hmm. I'm fairly certain that most of you guys listening to this podcast right now, you do not even know who Zap and Roger Troutman is. So let's very briefly, before we continue, yes. let's talk a little bit about who exactly these people and persons are. Okay, so Zap was a uh, like an electro funk band that formed in Hamilton, Ohio, in 1977. Um, super, super influential. Um, very during, like, just really in that period of just true funk mastery with Parliament and Bootsy Collins and Lips Incorporated and Chic and Now Rogers, like that whole scene. They were heavily involved in. Um, the group was primarily formed of family members. Um, Roger Troutman was the lead vocalist and, uh, Larry Troutman, his brother was the drummer and the manager. Um, just, uh, also, um, a fact that I think you pointed out and I'm so happy that you learned this fact. Um, I think we pointed out on the first incarnation of this podcast was that, uh, Roger Troutman was the voice. California love. Yes. Okay. Yes. I did yes, not. Yes. Um, but yes, so California Love of obviously Tupac fame, West Coast, Best Coast, forever. Um, he is the voice on the hook, and I never, ever, ever knew that until I started looking up and taking notes and researching some of this because I figured if I'm going to talk about it, I should know a little bit about what I'm talking about. So he was also nominated for a Grammy for his appearance on that track because that track was nominated for a Grammy. Yes. Um, Tupac, Dr. J, and, but, and he's, I mean, like... That hook is iconic, it right? Is. It is. Because as, as soon as you hear that, yeah, as soon as you hear happening. you know exactly yes. what it is, you know what time it is, you're going to start dancing in the end. Yep. Um, oh, the dancing. Oh, yes. Um, also, um, another reason why uh, I'm super, super fascinated with this song and with this band is the kind of sordid uh, tale of Roger and Larry. Uh, so I believe it was April, when did he? 25th? It was it April 25th? Yes, April 25th, 1999. Uh, that morning, Roger was on his way to the Troutman Recording Studios. They own their own little, like, recording setup. Um, Larry met him there. No one actually knows exactly what happened, but basically it ended with, uh, with Roger being fatally shot and... Larry being discovered not too far away in his car, which had like crashed into a tree and he had like shot himself in the head. So basically he killed his own brother and then killed himself. Um, and like I said, no one actually knows why this happened. Um, speculation was that um, Roger had just recorded uh, California Love not too long ago. A lot of... Um, other G-Funk oriented artists like Snoop and Dre were like, 
you know, we want him on our track. And he was, you know, he, he was having a career resurgence. And um, I think Larry was having a lot of money problems. He was Roger's manager and Roger was starting to leave. And I, I just think he kind of reached a breaking point and, you know, saw it fit to shoot his own brother. Um, I know this def definitely just took like a Debbie Downer turn, but I think this is a really crazy, crazy part of the whole Zap mythology. Also, his uh, Roger Tartman's son also died in um, mysterious circumstances as well. Um, he had like some mysterious head injury. Yeah, like that's all Wikipedia says, which I, I understand this is not the greatest source of anything. Um, but it just kind of, it details a bunch of stuff and then it says Roger Trotman Jr. died of a head wound. Well, I, I, I've actually looked up, uh, because I'm a crazy person, some like news articles around from around that time. Mm -hmm. And that's all they say too. They mm -hmm. don't elaborate what exactly happened. So it's like just super, super mysterious and very strange. Um, which I also think adds to the, you know, the zap history and the zap mystique. So yes. now that you have a little more background, y'all, um, could we, since it was a family band, I yes. also need to just point out real quick that one of the members um, was named Rufus. He was Rufus Troutman III. I'm assuming he was maybe the oldest brother, because how else would you be a third? But, like, <laughs> Rufus Troutman III. I mean, just and it wasn't names like, alone. It wasn't, like, fully a family band, because there was also somebody at one point named Jerome Dick Derrickson. Excuse me, Jerome Derrickson. Like, not Erickson. Like, Jerome Derrickson's the blackest name I've ever heard. Right? It's just like something about Derrickson. It's a, it's, it's a really... It's somebody fashioned that name, and I respect that fully. Like, Jerome Derrickson. And it's just really... That's such a serious name, it's too. It's such a serious... It's such a very masculine name. Yeah. Like, you can't look like Steve Urkel and can be named... Can you even imagine? And be named Jerome like, Can you even imagine? Can you imagine <gasps> he sounds Stefan like, Urkel, but like... Was Jerome Darius? No, he sounds like he's like a center or a forward for a basketball Stop. team. That is completely correct. I'm just saying, <laughs> at midnight, I'm, I, I think we later should look up some rosters and see if there is not a Jerome Darius. I, I really hope there is. And if there isn't, name your children that. He played for the Bulls. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so now that we've got, covered a little bit of Zap history, uh, I'm going to turn it back over to Tana. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me everything. So, okay. So the so we've already talked about how in the very beginning I felt like Casey and Jojo, but I also felt kind of like some of these grandparents were winking at each other. Like, well, hey, Leroy, it is time to go upstairs. It is late. I have an Afghan. I'm tired of sitting on these plastic covered couches and this this zap tune has just come on the radio. And oh my you know god! How it always you puts know me in that movie. You know damn well <laughs> somebody had some some conceived some babies. There were some like or there was a roller rink involved. Oh you are from the Midwest. You know about some roller. There was rinks. very. I know about some roller rinks. There was very likely a roller and somebody like making eyes and holding hands and just having a moment. Uh, when I was looking at the comments under the uh the video the official music video on youtube there were so many people who were just like yeah as soon as he says that hey lady part you know what time that's, it is that's what i'm saying <laughs> like you know that somebody's old grandfather was like hey ma and <laughs> but like not like the camera on hey ma because that would be really 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 terrible oh <laughs> hey ma no um just like hey mom what say you? Or some sort of like old timey old people way of saying, let's go. Let's get, get it on. Right. <laughs> Without saying let's get it on because trademarks. But it's like, it falls into that like post Al Green, like people who were too yeah. young for Al Green yes. maybe. Yes. But who were definitely like still getting it in. And they were of the older ages. They wore like beige tights maybe. And orthotics. Beige, beige tights and orthotics. I, they, they, that, it was their... Their cute way of saying it without being yes. too rude. Right. Yes. Even though, you know, everybody else in the house is like, gross. I don't need to hear about this. Of course. So it's, okay. So we have that and that's very sweet and everything. But then also, okay. So we just kind of jump right into the chorus. Like he, this man is not wasting any time. He starts off and it's all, hey lady, and everything's great and sweet and romantic. And you're at a middle school dance and it's wonderful. And then all of a sudden he's like, I 
he goes from I want to be your man to having a wedding ring and that to me is just a red flag it is like slow down okay so homie okay so this song came out I believe in 1987 I feel there's a lot of songs around this time period that are a lot of like I'm a player but you know you're making me want to settle down Mm -hmm. you're like making me change my player ways and then like and I feel like there is a lot of aspirational like hey we're black people. We're not just trying to fuck around. We're trying to get married, too. So there's a lot of, like, songs around this time period that are like, you know, I want to raise a family with you. I want to settle down, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, hey, I just met you. Right, right. <laughs> I don't know How do you. I know anything about you? Also, can we please talk about how, in this music video, he has the juiciest Jerry Curl yes. I've ever seen. So... I'm glad you brought this up. It is juicy and lustrous. It is juicy and lustrous. And a bias, a jaunty bias cut. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the only, like, the uh, only other juiciest Jerry Curl I have ever seen is on Eric LaSalle. And I love him. Oh my God. So How dare you? How dare you? Okay. I'm sorry. I love him. Uh, okay. So also, okay, he spelled his name with a Q. That's why I love him. No, I, he's the worst. Okay. He was the best on ER. Oh, look. He was the worst in coming to America. Uh, he was the best on ER. Uh, if I y'all don't know him. who Eric LaSalle is, look it up. Look it up on Wikipedia because <laughs> I am not dedicating airtime to talking about Eric LaSalle. I will, but she will not. Like I will him. not. I will not. So, Juicy Jerry Curls also let, we can't let Juicy Jerry Curls, Jerry Curls go by without talking about this man's mustard shirt. <laughs> he is in the video. He is wearing a mustard colored shirt under some sort of suit that is like constellation or sequined pattern. I can't quite It's tell. pretty shiny. It's pretty spangled. It's spangled. It's it is a, a very spangled good, But it's suit. like subtly spangled. Because you can't have too much spangle with the mustard shirt. But it's de- like, there is a mustard coordination in the threads of that suit. Uh, also, he is wearing a, like, uh, a collar pin of some yes. sort, too. It almost looks like a bolo tie, but without the tie pin. It's like a brooch. He's, okay, he's, he's, in short, he's wearing a brooch. He's also wearing a suit with epaulets and a captain's hat. There are many, like, he's in a room. The music so... video, it's him in a room with an old-timey microphone. And it's him... Uh, there's like maybe three or four versions of him in different outfits. There's lasers. So basically the yes. the walls look like, you know, the when you take the uh, the school pictures. Yes. And the, yes. With the laser the background. background. That's yeah. basically what he's singing the song in, in, a, in a room lined with all of these lasers. There is also, please let it be known, there is a water effect. Um, but like, okay, so in the very beginning you see this water sort of trickle down and these this woman's toes um sort of splash in the water and this woman is very elegant she's very elegantly dressed the first two shots of her though one she's in sort of a motorcycle leather thing outfit i should say and the next okay then you see her bare feet in a puddle of water i guess and then you see her in an evening gown like an off the shoulder um uh straight across um what the hell is that called Ooh. It's almost like a sheath dress, but without shoulders. Yeah. And I'm failing miserably at terminology. Uh, and it's black, and she her hair is, like, very beautiful, and it's down. She has a very she mean blowout long, going on. mean blowout. And she's these long earrings on. She looks like she's going to a nighttime gala, right? Okay, but then we have the toes in the water. And then Roger appears... And there's like an aluminum gutter pouring water, like a gutter that you find on I, your house. Look, it is 1987. They are working with what they have. Fine, but like, there's not anybody on this set who's like, you all look so fancy and beautiful and wonderful. Why do we need this aluminum gutter? I here? feel like you should be bedazzled you by all the other that. things going no, on. That just ruins it. Ruins the atmosphere. They couldn't just have the gutter out of frame, and the water just comes from no place. <sighs> I'm just saying, can you not, like, is there, I don't, there aren't any sort of drapey materials that you can dress up this gutter you with? You are focusing like on the minutia of this <laughs> not, gutter. I don't understand. <laughs> this man has gone through great lengths to make sure that this video looks appropriate to his message. And then there's an aluminum water gutter. And it just, it takes him I, out of the scene. I think he's just trying to add a raw industrial feel. <laughs> I mean... You know what that raw industrial feel feels real good with? What? Um, this what? white suit and fedora. <laughs> he also I, was waiting, wears. I was waiting for it. I was like, can we please talk about that? That is the, cle- that is the crispest 
white suit. That is an Easter suit if I have ever <laughs> seen one. Totally Easter suit. Oh my god, he went to church the next day in the suit. Oh my god. Uh, it is the most legit white suit. And then right after the scene with the white suit and the fedora, then comes this like like he just got off like the SS I wanna be your man <laughs> submarine. Or ship or whatever, or like aircraft carrier. And like I said, he's wearing a captain's hat. There's epaulets, there's medals and stuff. He just says, like, I am the best at loving you, and I've so, got the medals to prove wait. it. That's on one hand, I'm just like, God, that's so corny. And on the other hand, that's just very late eighties and very like this is very late eighties. And I, you are right about the messaging. I mean, I feel like also this is a time is a great time for black men. Like yes. late 70s, yes. like 70s, 80s, we're getting away from the more quote-unquote proper sense of dressing and guys are getting more elaborate, they're getting more glitter, more sparkles. Yes. And it's not entirely just for gay men. Right. No, it's, I would say it's not at all it, entirely for gay men. No. Like, like, well, like you have, so if you look at, like the earlier Rick James and who there was somebody else you brought up. Um, George Clinton. No, that was me. Uh, <laughs> I talked about George Clinton a lot last time. Niles Rogers. Niles Rogers. Yes. Niles Rogers. Niles Rogers. Yes. Lots um, of platforms. There's platform so many platform shoes. heels. Prince also. Like, yeah. Like, Prince has like hip problems because he wore so many high yeah. heels. All those oh, um, Spanish style heels. There, oh, that there's an album cover that Rick James is on. He's got like vinyl. Oh yeah. Um, it's a, uh, Street songs, I think. Yes, and he where he's in the the, the like the thigh the high, thigh red, high red, red leather boots, heeled boots. Yeah. yeah, and that's like it's not it's not hyper masculine by any means, but it's also not a turn off the way that it would be considered later. In yeah, fashion. yeah. Because he doesn't look, he doesn't look, he just looks. <sighs> he just looks super like just smooth and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, and that is that's. What's really it, cool? It was about it was it was blurring those lines yes. between right. what was quote unquote suitable for men to be wearing. Yes, and people they, it was just more right. outrageous, right. more audacious. Right, um, and you're also coming. I mean, you're also coming off the '70s, and like let's 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 do a whole bunch of drugs and wear all the colors and all the pat patterns and all of the materials. My favorite. Um, among black black men at this time is like the crop tops that they would wear or oh the, the shirts that they would sort of tie above their bellies that oh, you see women wearing my goodness. so many times. So many belly like, shirts. Whoa, bro. That's a lot. I, look, I am so I was, I'm super on board with the leather. Right. Not so much Wait, with the belly shirt. And it's not just shirts. the belly shirt because it's also opened to like right about your rib cage. You're talking about the whole wardrobe of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, exactly. Like that That's was, like the It's <laughs> both phenomenal and also like I'm seeing so much of your chest, older man. <laughs> so much of your chest. And, and, and that's why I, I love it. It's just like... The, it, it wasn't just exclusive to no. one community. Yeah. It's just like all these men are just like, we want to be fabulous today. Right. And it doesn't mean that we're gay. Yeah. Like, we're just, we're just cool cats. We're just cool and cats. And we're just going to walk along and we're fabulous. Yeah. And, and I feel like that also, I feel like that might've been drawn from the, like the, the from that, from the gay scene. Like I'm thinking of, sure. uh, uh, what's his name? Sylvester. The one who uh, sings, um, you make me feel. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that guy, mm -hmm. like, so fabulous. Mm -hmm. So fabulous. I feel like the gay disco scene mm -hmm. really influenced, like, that the fashion at least right. influenced everyone else. Right. They were like, they're looking so fabulous. They are taking it on. Right. Why can't we do that too? Why right. can't we just be free to be, wear what the right. hell for the hell right. we want? And there was, there, I'm sure, were obviously elements of like, of certain kinds of masculinity sort of clashing, but at the same time, due to, and I think like they, and when I say they, I say male artists at the time, like they have said that there were so many lines blurring that you didn't have to adhere to a certain kind of sexual more mm -hmm. to um, portray those through whatever. Like people were just doing whatever the fuck they felt like and however the fuck they felt. Yeah. And like they were just rocking it, which is a sort like, it's really interesting to see the contrast, right? Because it's almost like there's not a lot of transition between that and between what happens with hip hop later, right. where all of a sudden it's this hyper, hyper, hyper fucking masculinity. Mm -hmm. And you have a lot of like, I think 
what started with tracksuits being like somewhat baggy translates then into like your gangster rap stuff where you have a whole lot of fucking baggy jeans that right. hang off your ass and right. whatever. Um, which is coming back from like the whole mass incarceration, like prison fashion, I guess. Um, and it's a reflection of something completely different. So you're going from super fun and super, super like super fun and kind of romantic and sort of chic and whatever. And then you're responding to you're society pu- in different ways. Yeah. You're completely pulling back from that. And yes. you know, you're getting into and the you, more like seriousness of the, very, ni- yeah. of the 90s. Yes. And it's very reactionary. Yes. And like that is the, when this song happened, which was 1987, right? You're looking at like, you're looking at, I think four years before public enemy comes out mm-hmm. with all of their mm-hmm. stuff. And that's, that's like four years is no time, but four years is such a chasm. Oh yeah, for all of this. Oh yeah. So this is kind of like I almost feel like it's the last gasp of this kind of fashion, super sexy of, era. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, um, hopefully, everyone has listened to this song before you started listening to this podcast. If you haven't, do it. Yeah, yeah. Please, just just do it. Because otherwise, this won't make sense. Yeah, right? and we'll just be talking gibberish. Right. 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 Um, but you'll notice. That um, some of the song is sung um, in a peculiar way. Now, uh, Roger Troutman was very much allotted for being one of the premier users of a device called the Talkbox. Um, not to be confused with like autotune, though they're completely two different things. Right. Now, the Talkbox is a device that you would either hook up to, uh, I believe you hooked it up to a keyboard, or you could even hook it up to a guitar, which I think Peter Frampton did. Yes. Um, Roger Trotman played keyboard, so he would hook it up to his keyboard, and it was a, a tube leading from that device up to your mouth, and you put it in the side of your mouth, and you would sing, and it would just do some crazy stuff to your voice. Um just watching some of his live performances because he he does not have the talk box in this video at all. No, he is just he's just at a microphone and he's singing. But anytime that you see any live performances of his, he is dancing around and acting crazy. And then he'll run over to his keyboard, put the talk box cord in his mouth, and he will sing and play keyboard and dance all whilst using this talk box. And right. it is pretty freaking spectacular. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of amazing. It's amazing. Um, Which leads me to one question. Yes. And it's, so first of all, this like, this straw or tube thing that they're chewing on, it yes. looks like the bendy straw that you get with the novelty cup at Disneyland. <laughs> it's roughly the same th- um, uh, thickness, I guess. And it looks like it's made of the same materials. And if you chew on it too long, it gets discolored and, like, weird looking. Somehow I feel... You know what? I feel like their most major problem with that during live performances would be all the spit. I feel like there has to be, like, a purge or, like, they had, like, an extra pack of them in the back to, like, switch out mid-performance. Because I feel like that could be really gross and really unhygienic. we're on that... How? So there's a point, okay, in this BET performance that I watched, there's like half an hour worth of zap on this BET live Now, this is the one where they're, they're dressed in like the gold, glittery. <sighs> so much. Actually, I don't know. I think most of the guys are in black sequins for most of it. Mm-hmm. And Roger's first outfit is roughly a Navy captain's affair with a construction helmet, which leads me to question whether he picked like did he raid the village people costume closet because where like what were you on many drugs how did why did you say why did you put on this navy outfit and be like you know what this needs it doesn't need a navy hat it doesn't need the admiral's cap it you needs know a construction helmet look I, that will really complete this ensemble i cannot speak to his frame of mind. His time. frame of mind <laughs> i can't speak to bet's costume department at that time did bet have, have a costume, costume department. department. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. This was the land of, like, Video Soul and Teen Summit. Like, I don't really know how much money they had dedicated Very to a costume department. So I feel like these are all his clothes. <laughs> I feel like you brought these. But, like, him. here's my other question. If you tried to walk outside in a Navy Admiral's outfit... First of all, I feel like that is a very themed costume. Okay, today. first what of all, doing? I would. But wait. <laughs> I also wait. wouldn't because I value myself. And people would think I would, uh, people would think we I was absolutely insane. Nobody would think that. So and... let's say you walk out in this Navy Admiral's costume with all of these ropes hanging. Also, I'm pretty sure 
that he had too many ropes for anybody actually in the military, but this is neither here nor there. Um, and then you put a construction hat, like, did none of those members of that band look at him and were like, Roger, my brother, could you please <laughs> not, maybe don't mix your metaphors. No. That's what this was. You know mixing what? mixing metaphors. You know, you, you know damn well that they all looked at each other before they went out on stage and they were like, damn brother, you look good. It's true. And you can tell, the best part is that you can tell this based on the dances that they come together to do throughout this performance, right? So, like, you've got one guy on a second set of keyboards. Actually, you might have two guys on a second set of, on, like, second and third sets of keyboards because you have a second guy with a talk box. And then you have, I think, a guy on drums, and you've got a couple guys on guitar. Like, they had so many instruments happening for this live performance. But at some point, one of the guys with the guitar and the second guy with the talk box and, like, somebody else, they kind of come down in their black spandexy covered in sequins affairs and they just start doing these synchronized dances which first of all slight tangent we need more men over 35 doing synchronized dances but do we we do we <laughs> absolutely do look be they careful. are charming and endearing look be careful what you wish i for. don't need them on the trains i would like to specify that right now if you want to do a synchronized dance on the train don't secondly <laughs> um <laughs> just get out of my way but, but second like if you want to do it as part of a performance somewhere outside in public that is fine sequins optional um but so like they all look uniform and beautiful and wonderful and then you have roger in his navy admiral's outfit with the construction hat. I, you know what i feel also if you're doing construction anywhere in the navy you're not wearing your admiral's outfit you're wearing something else with that construction hat none of them I'm still stuck. I, look, I don't think he did the. I don't think he did the research. I think he just went with what was in his heart. That's fine. I guess that's. I go with what's in my heart all the time. So, <laughs> so then he then in what I love this costume change. So then he goes and he comes back and he's wearing this like beautiful shimmery gold affair and it's kind of a sweater but it's kind of just a polo shirt and it's it's just shiny. And there are so, there's so much glitter. There's just so much glitter. There's more glitter than I think I own. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm honestly like, I'm not sure that they don't own more glitter than I do. And he's flinging his arms about and he's catching his whole life. Also, I'm pretty sure I have a sweater just like that that he's wearing. Um, oh, the, what, the golden black one? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fairly certain I have that. I really feel like you should be Roger Chapman for Halloween. I don't think that I can do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the minute you can't, no. I'm, I'm just, I'm, no. I'm slightly curious to see how you would look with a jerry Absolutely curl. Not. Also, if you don't know what a jerry curl is, please remedy that. Right. Come on now. It is 2016. You should know what a jerry curl is. Don't be like is. the person I knew who asked what a Suge Knight was. Go fix this. That person needs to reevaluate nope. their nope. entire Just, lives. Nope. Can we also talk about... So, okay. So let's return to the actual song. Yes. Okay. So he goes oh, from... Oh, sidebar. Yes, ma'am. Uh, this song was... I Which I didn't realize until just now was written by Larry Troutman. No way. Uh, also, in addition to being in the movie Love and Basketball, this was also in the movie Pootie Tang. Stop. <laughs> with, of the, course it was. With uh, Lance Crowther, the, the Chris Rock movie Pootie Tang. It was Is totally, there another Pootie Tang? I hope to God there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> If there is a God in heaven, I hope there is not another booty tag. But yes, continue. I'm so mad at you. So, okay. So he jumps headfirst into this relationship before he can actually get her to say yes. He's just like, I love you. I want to be your man. I want to marry you. Let me put a ring on it. And she's like, pause. Do I know you? Like, that's roughly how I feel, right? It's another case of super aggressive men in songs Uh, of just like, like, let me tell you why, but do I need to hear why? So I kind of, I'm almost feeling for the woman in the movie, in the the song, because do you want him to be pursuing you or is he just sort of a nuisance? Honestly, I feel like we're going to be touching upon this exact same topic and many other songs that it will be featured on That's this podcast. Fair, because any man song you're going to I feel about. like there's so many songs that I'm just thinking of right now that are right. just like, I need you to be with me. I need you to recognize. Right. I mean, so like, what if... So also, hold on. Yes, I, I just got it. Now, I'm not sure if all of you guys are going to hear that ding. I just got a, uh, a text on my computer. So that's what that ding was. 
because I just I just heard it in my earphone. And I was just like, oh, there's a ding. Um, when, uh, is something cooking? Is something... No, that was just my text messages. Um, but yes, continue. Um, so, okay. So he's like, hey, lady, I want to be with you. Please let me be with you. Oh, my God. My life is going to be over. I'm not being with you. I'm sort of also transliterating literating his actions in the video because he has massive crazy eye and he has very oh, theatrical movements. He has the craziest he has the craziest eye. eye. But, like, what if she doesn't – what if this lady that he's basically catcalling, I'm calling it like it is – is upset and she's like would you stop singing this first of all in this weird electro tune thing because i don't know what's happening secondly your face looks crazy what if she's just like go <laughs> home roger what if this is where oh go god. home roger comes from oh my god i think what you, if this you, is where go you home have roger just scooby dude and broke the sure face right sure whoever wrote sister sister was probably like god damn that fucking song this go is home, this roger. is roger's origin story yes Oh my god, this is Rashford Origin with those braids. <laughs> <laughs> this is his origin story. Also, I mean, if this is his origin story, this is the coolest fuck origin story. This is a pretty sweet origin story. <laughs> this is a pretty sweet origin story. Also, also, also Roger Troutman, a thousand times cooler than Roger from Sister Sister. Yeah. A hundred thousand. Uh, also, in the beginning of the song where he says, hey lady, I'm pretty sure she's like 20 yards away <laughs> and he's screaming this out at her if there if he is cat calling her she is like so Way. far away <laughs> hey lady like she's all the way over there hey let me tell you why don't walk away from nope. me nope keep walking <laughs> I, I feel like that i'm not gonna say that this song isn't romantic but like darling keep walking <laughs> just keep by felipe goodbye oh um Okay, so anything else to talk about? Anything else? I, I wonder, wonder if anybody ever choked on it on that plastic straw. It seems like it would be like because oh, here's here's my reasoning behind this. So he's on he's on this live performance, and he is as I mentioned, he's catching his life as he's performing. This. Oh yeah, and he says to people, he's like, "Hey baby, does anybody want to come home with me tonight?" And all these women in the audience are like, "Oh!" But first of all, there is nothing sexy about a man with a plastic tube in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> there is not like if somebody I don't care who you are it could be Idris Elba or Morris Chestnut or Shamar Moore if he is like hey baby I love you this is like three of the <laughs> finest black men in media they're like <laughs> without, without, my without fail without fail to illustrate Idris Elba Blair Shamar just like any of them if any of them okay okay power up. ranking power ranking top five Ooh. finest <gasps> black men stop you can't do this to me uh, well, um, I, I'm trying to narrow it down. Uh, TV and film. That is not narrowing. I mean, down. I could say radio. <laughs> I could say. <laughs> I, <laughs> do not bring radio into this. Um, Idris, forever and ever, amen. Jesus. Um, <laughs> like, I can't. I, just, um, <sighs> I, I always, I've always loved Shamar Moore. Hill Harper? Girl, do not <laughs> even get me started on Mill Harper. Stop it. Oh, we'll have to turn off the podcast. Stop. We'll okay. have to turn it off. Girl. Okay. Um, so you, that's a, So we've got... That's three. We have, that's three. I'm you got two way. more. You I'm got two more. Two more. Tay Diggs. Yes. Jesus. I think, I think that Mary is always a classic. Joseph, yes. I think that's always a classic. He's, mm, he is a beautiful um, man. Ooh. Mm. Um... We got one more. I don't. I, we have to have I would, six more. See, no. See, I was actually about to say. I was like, oh, Omar Epps. I was gonna say him, but he got a weird ass head. His head that is, is not, shaped like no. his head is shaped like an octagon. That is not. <laughs> his head is shaped like an octagon. <laughs> that is not a real thing. I'm, his head is shaped like an octagon. That is not a real thing. What do you mean? Delay Hill. <gasps> oh, Dulé Hill. Forever and ever and ever. Forever Dulé Also, Hill. Also, bonus points because of his dancing. That man is an amazing uh, tap dancer. He's an amazing everything. He's just amazing. David. Also, David. Also, if you haven't seen or listened to Hamilton, please. Do it. But we can't talk about that right yeah, now. Yeah, we can't. We can't. Um, that's a whole nother podcast. Also, this power ranking is a black man. It was a bad idea because we're just <laughs> even trying not to black man. So... <laughs> So, we'll be here forever. Forever. Um, okay. So, also back to this BET performance. Nobody looks sexy with a 
this this was my point. This is what got us all started off on this tangent, is that Idris Elba could look at me with those beautiful eyes of his and be like, hey, baby, in his British accent. But if he has that plastic straw in his mouth, I'm not sure I'm going home with him. I mean... I'd be like, why do you have that straw in your Well, mouth? we'd have to have a context behind the straw. Like, if the straw... If he is singing and dancing... Like Roger Troutman and just being all like, I am the smoothest, baddest mofo that's okay, ever lived. Baby. Now, if he's just chewing on a straw like, <laughs> <laughs> like a weirdo, I mean, then we'll have to really reconsider because <laughs> that's real weird. <laughs> so awful. And also, what are you doing to your teeth? Mashing that up anyway. Yeah, no, um, that would just be weird. <laughs> but I feel fair. like for that time, like for this time, he is the smoothest baddest mamma jamma that has ever been and i feel like ladies were totally digging it i guess sure um i do think that for that performance where he is live um i'm i need more drugs for it i need to be wearing a jumpsuit (laughs) i need to be doing the bump oh my goodness i just there are some times that i wish that we lived in the 70s so that like when i was a little kid I really wanted to be on Soul Train, mm. and I really wanted to be in a Soul Train line. You can still achieve that dream like, in our living room. Well, in our living room, sure. But like, I really wish we were alive during that time period, the heyday of the Soul Train yes. line, and we would be the best friends in the Soul Train line just getting yes. our lives. Yes, we would. Yes. Also, also, also I want to salute. I want to salute cocaine, not because I do it, um, but because I feel like it led to a lot of ten to fifteen minute long awesome funk disco jams. I just I feel like all like all these people were doing all the cocaine back then, sure. and that's why they recorded songs that were like ten sure. to fifteen minutes long. Sure, I can. I I'm not I feel like with join that. you in this toast because just fundamentally, I don't know how I feel. I understand where you are coming from, and I respect your decision. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm like. It's, thank you, thank you, guys. I wish you hadn't done so much of it to fuck up your lives, but I'm glad that you guys had the endurance to record these crazy, goddamn songs. That is fair. That is a fair. That point. is that, that, that. that is my rationale. Behind I would. I think also proposal. We should. Um, I feel like Questlove should resuscitate Soul Train. He already kind of does it with Bull Train, but he should... Like, to resuscitate it as an actual show. Well, yeah, but, like, not obviously on network TV because that's dying. But in some other sort of venue. And I feel like Questlove would be the creative force to do it. Just as an aside, that would actually be pretty cool. I think I, I think he could actually do that. Agreed. Because uh, he's a man of many, many, many talents. Um, okay. Also, I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned this earlier. Roger Troutman's, Roger Troutman's talk box was custom made and it was named, he had a name for it or it it had its own name, which was the golden throat. And I know you have very many problems (laughs) just to let that sink in. The golden throat. The golden throat. The eighties were a hell of a drug is all I am saying. Um, that is, that's what I would like everybody to it's, it's a it's, it's a telling name. It's a, sure it, it's very reminiscent of another famous throat <laughs> of its time, um, of its day. <laughs> um, there also is in this beautiful, beautiful BET performance, a song that precedes his singing of I Want to Be Your Man, uh, which is what I'm pretty sure is the pre-pre-precursor to Britney Spears' own version. Um, but his song is, their song is called Computer Love. Oh, yes, I know the song. Yes. So I just, for anybody who is not familiar with Computer Love, please allow me. Oh, at least start off please. with the, there, at some point there is a line, shooby-doo-wop, shooby-doo-wop, my computer love. Um, <laughs> something about modern technology, something about on my computer screen. And then a man with a super deep voice Bass voice ends with, you are my computer love. So, I hope you are all at least familiar with Britney Spears' email my heart. And if you are not, don't listen to it. Just trust me. <laughs> just trust 13-year-old Tana in that it isn't just, it's about love on the internet, I guess. Which is also oh, what computer so love is So problematic. <laughs> now... But it's like computer love, like, first of all, what kind of computer love were you having in the early 80s? Because what the fuck were computers? They were like a mainframe and they 
may have been some email for some businesses. Well, it could have been like loving over the computer. Well, it could have been like an Apple too or something. I just <laughs> also, when you were saying the lyrics to that, it kind of reminded me of uh, there's a Daft Punk song off of the album Discovery that's called uh, Digital Love. It doesn't really talk anything about computers, but it's more of just like uh, these like two people sort of like meet in this really wonderful moment and kind of like fall in love or something. And um, a lot of that album particularly um, was steeped in a lot of disco. A lot, the, the, oh. the two guys who are in Daft Punk, like the 70s were sort of like their teenage or formative years. Mm -hmm. And they had a huge love for Nile uh, Rodgers and mm -hmm. um, Giorgio Mortar. What is that guy's name? Giorgio Mortar. I think that's the producer's name and many other like titans of that time that influenced them and influenced their uh, the style of music that they do, um, which they revisit in the album uh, Random Access Memories. Um, they just love that glittery sort of shimmery yeah. disco-y time. Yes. And that time is very fascinated by computers, by that digital age, the, the, the way that you can manipulate your voice to do all these crazy things. And I feel like they tried to like shoehorn that spacey, computery concept into like every song. Mm -hmm. And with some songs, it totally works. And with other ones, it's kind of fucking weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really, really weird. Um, but I also, I, I just, I find it that people were just so entranced by that idea. Mm -hmm. Um, and of, of what the future could hold for yes. music, yeah. and the concepts that you could bring to music using yeah. these new to like these new tools, like right. the, the Moog and the Talkbox, and right. um, I'm not exactly sure when the 808 drum machine came out, but I'm sure there are other precursors to that. Yeah. Um, I f I just feel people in the 80s were really really enamored by noises. They were they were super enamored by noises. I feel like the 80s were kind of the last really great experimental time mm -hmm. like we already talked about it sort of with the fashion but then also as you really just touched on with the way that they made noises and the way that they made videos like videos were so mm -hmm. new that you could kind of do whatever you wanted and just experiment with the personality of your band but also or of your group and also you even you as an artist and how you were being presented and how you were presenting yourself and how you were presenting and packaging your music. Sure. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And it's like, it was just this really cool conceptual time. Like, yes, you have a fuck ton of drugs and you have the, the aftermath and the outlaying of a fuck ton of drugs. But you also just have like this really fabulous intersection of creativity. This really cool intersection of creativity. Yes. And the... Like, the thing about this song, too, is that, like, there is, it's not, it's R&B, but there's a lot of funk. And George Clinton was one of the producers, I think, on one of their earlier albums. Like, he wasn't their producer later on, right? I don't um, think so, but the but early But he was, on, like, yes. one of the, the guys who kind of got them out into the, got them out into the mainstream, or, like, got them noticed by people and got them noticed by studios. And so you have that you have that sort of like backstory and that history. And this is, this is the last gasp of certain kinds of men's fashion, but it's also the last gasps, gasp of this kind of music before you get into like the grittier, dirtier mm -hmm. side of what, what music becomes in the nineties, yes. I guess. Right. There's, well, there's a, there was there's definitely like, a fearlessness in yeah. this. It's definitely a yes. fearlessness. Yes. Um, there's, a, there's, I, I'm not sure exactly what the state of homophobia was during that time period. Well, it was pretty high. I feel like it was still high. Thing. Yeah, I feel it was really, really yeah. high. But I feel like people were just willing to take more chances and weren't sure. as worried yeah. as they weren't. Right. They weren't as worried as what people would perceive them as. But I don't think like homophobia at that, or I don't think like homosexuality in terms of certain things meant what it came to mean in the 90s like there was just I feel like there's this crazy hypersexual backlash that happened in the 90s yes the way I the way that like my head wraps around oh it. yes in that in this hyper masculine thing that happened um where men just couldn't like they couldn't experiment anymore it's like the patriarchy just came in and crushed everything 
And this basically. is why this is oh, I this is why the patriarchy agree. is terrible. That's why it's but, terrible. Like meanwhile, the patriarchy was still pretty alive and goddamn well in the eighties for women for so many reasons we're not going to get into here because we will be here all night. True. Um, but like let's so yeah. Um, I don't know. No, is there anything else? Anything else you want to say? Hmm. Anything else we've missed? I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've really gotten down to the nitty gritty. We've gotten this. into a lot of this. Yeah. I think overall, the song is a lot of fun. Um, it made me. I'm not sure that I would slow dance at my wedding to it <laughs> today. I think if I were in the 80s or early 90s, I probably would. Um, I feel like you would have roller skated. So I would little, absolutely like a slow roller skate. You're just holding, holding a young gentleman's hand. I absolutely slow danced to Casey and JoJo's all my life in middle school. Of so course, there's, of I would thank you to you step did. the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I know I your whole life. You. Oh, actually, it's not even all my life. It's crazy. Casey and JoJo's crazy. <sighs> From Save the Last Dance, the best movie oh ever. God, so <laughs> the fact that we got through this podcast without you mentioning Save the Last Dance is a wonder to me. I have no idea how we got through it without you mentioning well, it. Well, the next time we should talk about Fredro Star. But <laughs> in any case, um, I would pro- more than likely, had I been in school in the 80s or anywhere, like getting married or something, I would have probably been making eyes to Roger Troutman. Or his counterparts, the men in my lives. I just, I'm just, I just, I just can't get over the fact that you just mentioned Fredro Star. <laughs> I just, I mean, that is like sticking in my mind. I'm just like, uh, Fredro fucking Star. I'm like, <laughs> can I leave? Oh my goodness! All right, so as we're closing out. This episode, um, I just thought it'd be sort of funny just to see um, what were some big movies in 1987. I just, I'm, I'm curious. I kind of want to know. So um, I'm over on IMDb. I'm just going to read the first 10. Um, these are all movies that did well, um, or the most popular feature films released in 1987. Just out of curiosity, just to kind of see what the climate of the time-wise film was. Um... Let's see. So number one is The Princess Bride. Can I actually intercept here? Ooh, so yes. I have written in my notes that when he yells, hey, lady, mm-hmm. in that first line, it sort of feels like when Andre the Giant goes, hello, lady. <laughs> <laughs> but, more, but like <laughs> more sexy, right? <laughs> I mean, well, yes. Yes. <laughs> but there's something in, there's just something in like the rhythm of it or the cadence maybe that I just see Andre the Giant raise his hand up at Robin Wright oh at the end my of the, the spectacle. Hello lady. Woof. Woofity woof. Alright. Number two, uh God. Uh Stanley Kubrick's full metal jacket. Sweet. Definitely uh, saw that too young. Uh woof, so did I. <laughs> So did I. I was not. Al- I should never have been allowed to see that movie. I didn't see it in 1987 because I was three. Right. Um, but I never. Really in 1991 when I was six. Uh, ooh, I only saw that when I was ten, and I was just <laughs> like, "Oh well, that's a that's a thing Terrible. that occurs." Yes. Um, number three is. Uh, I don't think this is any in any particular order. Um, number three is Dirty Dancing. Yes. A classic. A classic. Uh, number four, Predator. Uh, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, Predator. Uh, number five, the worst of the Superman movies, uh, Superman 4, uh, The Quest for Peace. Um, number six, The Lost Boys. Yes. Great movie. Ah, uh, number seven, The Untouchables. Another movie I saw way too young because we, for, for some reason, decided, hey, this is a good thing for Monique to watch. Um, we've also got Empire of the Sun. Uh, that has a young Christian Bale in that movie. Uh, number nine, Spaceballs. And number 10, the canon film classic, Masters of the Universe, uh, the He-Man movie with Dolph Lundgren. No, and, uh, I don't, I like Franklin, <laughs> Franklin Jella and a young Courtney Cox. So real quick, yes. just going back, because I forgot to mention one thing, if I may. When Mr. Troutman, sir, is wearing his Easter suit, 
<laughs> in the video. Yes. I did like a triple take because I thought it was Donald Faison. So pretty sure Donald Faison was not of age to be in that video. Probably not because I think he maybe is 40 at this point. Also, B, he deserves to be on that sexiest black men list. That's true. But... Um, yeah, I he's was just... He's got a big head. Sh- he's another one that's got Stop. a big head. Look, he's you got find so much fault in head shape and size. <laughs> Look, these are more observations. These are gentle so observations. So much fault. These are just observations. Can I observe? Can no. I observe some stuff? I feel like the worst fault he has is having to deal with Stacey Dash and Clueless. Uh, if we only knew anyway. what we know now, <laughs> we could have shut it down. Um, Romani, Romani Malco. Also, one of the sexiest men on earth. Okay. Uh, <laughs> You're going to be here forever. You started this. But no. So I had to do like a triple take because I didn't realize that there, like Roger Troutman was just in two slash three different outfits in his own video in different angles. More power to him. I love how many wardrobe changes you had, sir. I do. And I love the shade of orange lipstick that the woman is wearing in the video at some point when she has the scarf on Um, I'm pretty sure my mom had the same shade of lipstick. It was a very bright orange, and it was by, not Sally Hansen. It was like something like Sally Heyman or something. And it came in a tube that was leopard print. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. And it was like a corally orange shade. And that was her favorite shade of lipstick. Because it's a beautiful shade of orange. It's a really fun shade of orange. Uh, She's a little bit lighter than me. I could not wear that same shade without looking crazy. But I always remember watching her put it on before she would leave the house. And I just, I was was like, mom, I was like, mom, you are killing it today. You are slaying this orange lipstick. And it is a great day. So little Monique in the late 80s told her mother from her head that she was slaying and that it was a slaying sure sure okay sure we'll just go with it sure we're gonna go with that uh-huh. um all right so we're about to hit like the 50 we're, we're we've hit it we've hit the 55 Ooh. minute mark um so i think we're gonna close this out here thank you so much for recording this episode again with me <laughs> and now i'm sure that we've got it <laughs> i'm super super happy about it um, but yeah, thank you for taking all these amazing notes and talking about this great song with me. I think we went on some tangents, so I'm sorry, you guys, if you got a little bit more about fashion and sexy black men than you anticipated, no but I'm also not, not sorry No such a thing. Because... Not such a thing. No <gasps> such thing. <laughs> let me, let me give you a minute to like compose yourself. Just fan yourself down, yep, etc. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, so, so uh, I guess this is good night from Jackson Heights, and Ooh. thank you for joining us here at Black Famous. Ooh. Hey guys, this is Monique. You just listened to the first ever episode of Black Famous. So so happy! Finally, finally, it's happening. Uh, I had a great time recording it, and. I really hope that you guys enjoy all the future episodes. Now, if you guys want to get in touch with me, um, tell me if you liked it. Tell me if you hated it. Well, actually, if you hated it, keep it to yourself. Uh, And if you want to hear about any other songs on this podcast, hit me up either on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm at E-A-T-I-N-I-S-T. That's Eatness Bitch, all one word. Uh, Just let me know your thoughts. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to episode two.